back, Ram fans. This is Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. We are proud members of the Fans First Sports Network. That's fansfirstsports.com. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our channel is at L.A. Rams Up. I'm your host, Mark. You'll hear from my co-host, Tom, on occasion as well. Hey, we're not Rams insiders. We're just longtime fans who love talking about our Los Angeles Rams. Let's get to it. Hey everybody, Mark from Rams Up here. I have another round table. Right now, it's just Paul, Walia, and me. How you doing, Paul? Doing great. Fantastic. Holding it down here out on the East Coast, Strong Island represent. Uh, holding it down for my compadres, Ian and Tom. So uh, looking forward to talking a little Ram football. Yeah, hopefully Ian can join us here in a little bit. He's caught in that L.A. traffic. Man, the storms out here have been insane. And wow. uh, yeah, my the, my drive has been pretty light because I think a lot of people are just not even hitting the roads. But you get down into downtown L.A., greater L.A., it's a little bit different story. And I think that's what Ian's battling as we speak. Now, the NFL awards were announced tonight. The Rams got shut out. Puka Nakua saw it coming. C.J. Stroud probably deserved that award. Kobe Turner, he got robbed, in my opinion. And Torrey Holt passed over for the Hall of Fame again. Really sad. We're going to talk about all that next episode. On to our roundtable discussion. So I had four things I wanted to talk about. Three of them you know about. And I have another one I'm just going to throw at you and get your thoughts on this. You know, I've been doing these um, position previews for all the Rams position groups, cornerback. I haven't got the defense yet, but I did quarterbacks, running backs, and so on. And I got to the offensive line, and I threw out some ideas on one of the podcasts there, and a couple people uh, provide a little bit of pushback, which is fine. I, I embrace that. I love that. But this, this is my question for you. You know, um, I'm not convinced the Rams are going to spend big on Kevin Dotson. I, I think they we all want Kevin Dotson to come back because he was perhaps the key to that offensive line, one of the keys. I'm not sure he's coming back. I'm I can't I we just don't know, right? Mm -hmm. So this is my question. If Kevin Dotson on day one of free agency signs with the Broncos or whatever. What do we do is is we we're worried about the left tackle improving the left tackle spot. Uh, now we have a right guard position to fill. Mm -hmm. And, and one, of, one of the one of the questions I wanted to kick this off with is Joseph Noteboom potentially the answer at right guard. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? What would be your you know, uh, we I, my thought originally was, hey, let's go draft a left tackle. Let's draft a cornerback. Uh, maybe we can get a guard later to replace Dotson. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? So, yeah, so the Dotson dilemma is interesting. And I, I remember when, when I when I did a segment with you regarding uh, Corbett, when Corbett was in the same scenario. And uh, we talk about, you know, things sort of uh, ha happening in cycles. You know, same way Corbett was sort of an under-the-radar move from the Browns, and look how huge he turned out for us, right? On the right side, he uh, held down the guard position. Then, you know, found his way to big money. The 
the thing in the NFL is, and I said it verbatim in that when we were talking about Corbett, right guards, left guards, doesn't matter. Guards that can block at the level that Dotson blocked and performed at last year, they're going to get paid regardless of which team it is, right? Whether it's the Rams, whomever, it's just a position where years ago, it might have been a little bit different. Now they're definitely getting those contracts that are big chunks of money. No question about it. For the Rams, when they evaluate Dotson, it's going to be is how much of a hometown discount are they really going to get? That's the key, right? Um, they should definitely bring him back if they can. I know it's going to be a lot of money. I know traditionally they don't shell out that kind of money. They've been burned in the past. But, you know, the the luxury of of being able to say, especially if you're going for it uh, in 24, is the luxury of being able to say our right side is locked down. We know what we got on the right side, right? I think that Dotson, Havenstein monster combination, it, it just looked beautiful on tape. It really did. And, you you know, as someone, you and I, we watched all those games. You know, we watched the tape of the games. It, the right side, just it was just a thing of beauty to watch. When they went to the run game, you know, the consistency and yardage, um, pass blocking, rock solid. So it's a real luxury. You're paying for the luxury at one of the hardest positions uh, groups, one of the hardest position groups, I should say, to really um, address. The Rams do have some flexibility in the sense that uh, Avila can play center, right? So if it comes down to, listen, we can't afford – uh, both Coleman and Dotson, it's okay. You're not going with a rookie center. You can slide Avila over and then maybe find a left guard. I think that's a lot easier or plug in. Nope. Theoretically, you could go five non-rooks because if you play Nopum and Nopum shows you that he can play for a full season, let's say, um, has a great camp, comes in ready to go, you can plug him in at any of the guard positions. And there you go. Avila goes to center. Right, you haven't moved too many pieces around. Um, one player, I, I not to jump ahead to too much about the draft. I know we're going to do a draft segment. I really like this Oregon center, JPJ, out of Oregon. I really, really do. You know, and I don't say that often about um, rookie offensive linemen, but I really like JPJ. One thing that might be a nice move is to pick him up. He can also play guard. And maybe let him start out a guard, gets uh, you know, get his feet under him for a season, then move him back, move him to center, right? But um, I think if you move Avila to center, Avila's going to be a Pro Bowl center. I really do. I think he's that good. Um, yeah, he's had I, experience at the position. Yeah, Powers Johnson, you're talking about. Um, yeah. If you if you read the uh, his profile, he sounds exactly like what the Rams are looking for at the interior in the interior offensive line with their new power running game. And he looks yeah. like there's, there's, there are no sure things, but man, he sounds like a sure thing to me. And uh, when you so. watch him, watch his film, there's one thing that, you know, Ram nation, if you get a chance, uh, it's a brief, brief uh, interview. It's with uh, Puka Nakua and Sims, right? Chris Sims. And it's uh, one of the pre, pre-Super Bowl interviews. And they're talking to him. And um, they asked him, what did we all miss that you were a fifth-round pick? And Puka goes, um, passion and dedication. 
that doesn't oh you know we try to put it on film but and then the uh the other commentator uh throws in um toughness fearlessness right those three things um when you're doing like there's so many of these draft videos around and everything else it's all based on tape and it's a little bit different this year mark uh, I think it's going to really separate the teams uh, in the draft. A lot of the players sat out the bowl games. So we didn't get a chance to see them under the bright lights, clutch time, right? So where where are you now going to have to do this evaluation? I think the player interviews are going to be super important this year, right? One of the things that st- uh, stood out for me last year when we looked, uh, when we talked about Puka Nakua was his interviews were phenomenal. Right. When you listen to him, it, er, nothing phased him. Right. He had that that dedication to be great, but he didn't have that anxiety that goes along that a lot of players sometimes feel with that. Right. He was always in the flow of what we say, the flow of greatness. So JPJ, when you watch his tape, you see that you see that fearlessness, that physicality. He doesn't just finish blocks. You see him throwing guys to the ground. It looks like a WWE. Now, do, you, do you think he's going to go in the first round or he's going to slide I, to the second? So there, there's a reason I brought him up. Remember Avila was the number one ranked interior lineman. Nobody thought he was going to fall to the Rams. They thought for sure he was going every single um, draft I had watched or I um, participated in. He went in like 28 or earlier. 28th picker earlier, right? I still think the NFL is notoriously um, irresponsible when it comes to uh, guards and centers in the draft. And they will um, draft them much later than their value, the true value, which I think you never know. He could fall to the Rams. The Rams have a, um, a tendency, especially when they have these early picks, I think they're 19th, to move back a little bit. That might be a play. That might be a play. Yeah, Adding and, this guy to the roster depth, oh, my gosh, huge. Yeah, I used to be, you know, I used to not get too excited about drafting interior offensive linemen, but after seeing what uh, what that front wall does for Stafford and oh, yeah. his pocket yeah. passing and Kyron Williams, uh, I'm leaning more in that direction. And, uh, man, Powers Johnson, Avila, and Retain Dotson, I just hope we can do, uh, hopefully we can retain Dotson. And like you, or maybe you're suggesting if if we can't retain Dotson, you know, note booms the fallback plan. And right. then maybe that makes it more important to draft someone like Johnson. Just uh, for, you know, just for even for depth scenario, think about that. He gives you quality depth at two positions, both guard and center. So three uh, positions really, right? The other thing is that you're going to have cuts. You're going to have cuts, right? We got we got our June 1st cuts coming. I'm telling you, it's not going to be super, super expensive to get a quality guard, right? I don't think the Rams should be in the mindset of like, let's, you know, let's grab somebody off of whatever's left, right? But I think they can still be strategic, still get a quality guard that's going to be able to hold, not just hold it down, but to do damage, Right. Yeah. You keep their keep their O line at that sort of uh, make that jump to the elite level. Right. Right. And that's the way you have to think because what makes this O line what makes this offense go, right? We definitely have at the skill positions the pieces. This O line will make this offense. Yeah. Up. 
They were yeah, churning out yards in the ground game. And when yeah. Stafford was comfortable back there, he was carving people up. Yeah. And there are a couple of other uh, tackles, uh, guards, I should say, that I would be happy with as well. Uh, Cooper Beebe, a couple of other guys. Oh, Cooper Beebe looks great. Um, yeah. You know who, what kid looked really, really impressive that a lot of people are not talking? Well, now they're starting to talk about him. Is that kid from UConn, Haynes, that a lot of people are talking about. That kid from UConn, uh, his technique is looks great. He's got those long arms. He's got that solid base. The, you know, there are a lot of, and we'll talk about it in our draft segment, there are a, a ton of undervalued O-linemen in this draft. I think That's a good. lot of teams, yeah, I think a lot of teams are going to do really well for themselves um, below the second round, right, third round or, or lower, uh, and get some, themselves some really quality uh, O-linemen. Uh, that's a good year for the Rams. Uh, it's a good situation for the Rams, given their, the situation they're in with their offensive line. Just a lot of question marks. Now, I, I'm not overly concerned. Uh, I think we're going to have a okay offensive line, worst case. But I think uh, I'm thinking along the, the same lines as you. Let's make it an elite offensive line. And a, hey, and so a lot of people are floating around that idea of the one-year flyer on Teron Smith, right? Yeah. yeah. Andrew Whitworth type deal, sign, sign the best left tackle out there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and just see what happens. Listen, it's it's for the Rams. They have the luxury of mix and match. Get seven quality linemen in there. Let the top, like Alaric Jackson said last year, right? Right. Top five, take it. That's it. And you got yeah. two guys chomping at the bit, ready to fill in when they need to. I think that's right. a great, great approach. I think that's the way the Rams should approach it. Yeah. Hey, let's talk about Giff Smith. You were really excited about this. At yeah, least I, I think am. you were. Uh, tell, tell me what you know about him. I'm not, I wasn't really familiar with the name. I think I'd heard it a couple of times, but uh, Ram fans in the know seem to be really excited about his addition to the staff. Yeah. So I'll, t- I'll I was excited about the hire in combination with the Shula hire. Right. And it was, it was, uh, I think a, a day later, when we were talking, uh, we had just finished talking about uh, who was going to get hired. We were playing around with all these names, bouncing around all these names. And, you know, I, I kept saying it's going to be familiarity is going to decide who, who the hire is. They're all in for 24, right? You just, you know, McVeigh's personality. He's going to find somebody that he's very familiar with. Well, you can't get any more familiar with the guy you played football with in college, right? Yeah, his ex-roommate, right? Exactly. So I know a lot of a lot of posts people were upset about that that they passed over and I got to say I was a little bit too like I was like listen you couldn't find a way to keep Hendo if you knew you were going to keep it in house right if you're going to hire your buddy I mean it's just a bad look to tell you honestly but you know we understand where it comes from but um so I think the the Shula hire I think some people raised a lot of eyebrows uh it makes sense to me knowing or starting to learn more and more about McVay's personality um he wanted somebody that could sort of um, keep the system going, right? But at the same time, what was Shula in charge of? Pass rush coordinator, right? Linebackers, pass rush coordinator, right? So uh, it makes sense. I think what, what McVeigh wants from the defense this year around, he wants much more of the big bang theory. He wants turnovers. If there was one thing about the Rams defense uh last year which just didn't generate a lot of turnovers right and i think that has to change for them to even begin to talk about uh super bowl aspirations so um i think that's something it makes sense 
Uh, they, they might sort of keep, they're definitely going to keep the system going. They might tweak it here or there, maybe a little bit more blitzing. The Rams uh, looked good when they did blitz. I don't think they're gonna, ever going to be a Super Bowl uh, heavy blitz team, right? I think what they did well and what they do do well is when Raheem Morris was there and when Staley was there, it was that situational defense, understanding that and playing within the systems and getting the most out of their pass rush when they need to sort of uh, deliver the knockout blow. So having said that, um, Shula, good, you know, his resume sort of speaks for itself. He has experience as a position coach. He's been with the Rams for a very long time. He's familiar not just with the system but with the culture, so it makes a lot of sense. I don't see a huge drop-off there. Listen, it's going to be impossible to replace Raheem Morris. Shout-out to Coach Morris. You know, a shout out to to, to the uh, Falcons. Great hire, right? Uh, he deserved it. Um, you know, big loss for the Rams. But you, ha- you know, I was sort of worried about like, wow, we're turning it over to to this guy Shula, right? Not nothing against Shula. I'm sure he's going to do a great job. But I was like, you know, wouldn't you want somebody maybe who had a little, you know, a little bit more uh, battle tested, right? I think the Smith hiring now, put those two together, in my opinion, when you look at it, now it makes a lot of sense. A more experienced guy for him to lean on a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Remember we were talking about like when Wade Phillips was there, it was just a little bit, you know, McVay looked a little bit more at ease. And he always would say, I got like that wily guy I could just sort of bounce ideas off of. Well, not that Smith's, you know, as old as, as, um, as Phillips was, but I think, what is he, like 56, right? I think he's 56. Uh, but he's an experienced guy that he can bounce ideas off. I think the combination of he and Shula makes a lot of sense. Put those two together. Um, everybody was raving about uh, about him at San Diego. Uh, there's a, a nice little segment uh, where Khalil Mack is talking about him. Uh, he handled D-line. That seems to be his area of expertise. Does a great job with D-line. Coached uh, before the NFL, he coached at literally every Georgia university. I think he was a DN at Georgia Southern. I think he coached at Georgia. Uh, shout out to the Bulldogs, right? Uh, uh, coached at Georgia Tech. Coached at Georgia Southern uh, before he came to the NFL. <laughs> the Bills and a couple of other teams. Um, but he brings that experience. Listen, he was also the interim head coach. I, you know, I've always said this on this um, cast that it's huge when you have that experience. Right, even if it's as an interim position, look at Raheem Morris. Raheem Morris used to talk about that all the time when he had that interim experience and what a difference it made for him. Right, so I think the combination of the two, of of, of Smith now with Shula, I think is a really nice fit for the Rams. The Rams have a very strong, outside of these two, but just in in general, the Rams have a very good coaching unit across the board. You can see that you don't develop players like. Byron Young, uh, you know, co- you know, the conductor, you know, as rookies that quickly, unless you know what you're doing, offensive side of the ball. We see how the receivers just keep blowing up. We see Dotson thrived, right? The Rams know what they're doing. Kyron Williams, Iron Kyron, right? You see that every position. And, and shout out to the tight end coach. You got every year they develop a tight end. Doesn't get a lot of burn, but they develop a, sort of that second string tight end in the wings. Um and I'm, you know, uh, Davis Allen is a great example. Uh, there was a great segment on uh, social media about Davis Allen and who's going to be the tight end of the future and should they draft Brock Browers. 
Um, but we that's something we could talk about the draft segment because that, that was something I was thinking as well. Um, but they have a very strong coaching unit across the board. Um, let's hope it, you know, for special teams, though, that we hope that there's a little bit more attention paid to special teams. But I'm excited for the Rams, their prospects for the upcoming season. Uh, I think they're going to add, you know, make their subtle uh, one or two additional coaching hires that they have to fill. But I think they're going to be quality moves. Um, but I'm really excited for the Rams in the upcoming season. I think the defense is going to be in good hands. I can't wait for that first um, first couple of weeks of free agency. That'll tell us a lot, as I've been saying. Yeah. Every, every position group I, re- I review, it's like, hey, first week of free agency will tell us a lot. Not not so much even if the Rams make a move or not, but what other teams do. Um, and maybe maybe we'll lose some of our own guys. We'll have to see. You know, Demarcus Robinson, Akilah Witherspoon, yeah. Kevin Dotson. Those are some of the key guys that we have to uh, figure out. We have to figure out the kicker position, some free agents there. Yeah, it's it's an exciting time, always a fun time. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting at the approach that the Rams take because now that they have this money freed up and it's, it is going to impact the way they draft, Is are they going to go for people that they think can contribute immediately? Are they just going to go for best player available, which is always my favorite, right? Best player available because that's how you get true value. And um, just continue to build up this roster, not just for the upcoming year, uh, the year after. But, you know, I think free agency, uh, we talked a little bit about it last time. It's just screaming. The one position that the Rams really needed help in at edge. And now that they have some money, they lucked out. The Rams lucked out. There are three quality players at edge that the Rams can definitely afford that probably want to play on the Rams. Right. Right. Daniel Hunter, right? Um, and and theoretically now, and we talked about it last week. We were all we were bouncing around the idea of uh, like Khalil Mack. Now that Smith is here, Khalil, the segment about Khalil Mack talking about Smith. Hey, a little bit of recruitment might happen. We don't know, right? right? But as those dominoes start to fall, the Rams can start to like say, okay, now we can spend money here. We can spend right. money here, right? So, right. and if they can convince a lot of these players to say, listen, come here for less. You know, even little things like you never know, like reunion time. Some players get cut. You never know. Robert Woods might get cut, right? Save a little uh, room over there. A Robert Woods reunion? How cool would that be? Yeah, I love that guy. You talk about drafting uh, the best player available. Uh, Two examples of that. You know, when the Rams drafted Aaron Donald, I was like, we do not need defensive linemen. And when the Rams drafted Todd Gurley, we had three decent running backs in the house. And I remember, I think it was Zach Stacy when the Rams drafted Todd Gurley. He was basically, uh, oh, okay, I guess I'm done here. He made some comment like that. Yeah. Uh, but we had Benny, I think we had Benny Cunningham, Zach Stacy. And it, I mean, these weren't pro bowlers, but we had running backs and they drafted Todd Gurley. And I, rem- uh, I, I remember that press conference. When no, Fisher no. and Sneed showed up afterwards, and they had the they had the helmet there and they had the jerseys, the Donald jersey and the Gurley jersey, and oh. they just looked at the the questions before the reporters even asked the question. They said, "What do you guys think?" And they had like this big smile on both their faces, right? Yeah, and a lot of people will will still argue that you know Todd Gurley, um. I mean, it certainly wasn't a bust, but it was a disappointment in the fact that his career was so short. Yeah. 
But I'll tell you, no player was more important in getting this franchise pointed in the right direction when they came back to L.A. It, it was Todd yeah. Gurley. Um, man, some great moments with him. And, you know, the Rams have a great tradition of running backs, right? And we talked yeah. about between Falk, Dickerson, you got guys going far back. Uh, you got SJ39, the beast, right? Lawrence, Lawrence McCutcheon. Lawrence McCutcheon, Wendell Tyler. I was actually some. I posted something about Wendell Tyler the other day. Somebody asked about forgotten running backs. And it always burns me, right? Because he was the one that really helped the Niners win a Super Bowl. It right. was They traded. What, you never trade within your division, let alone the Niners, yeah. right? They traded Tyler to the Niners and gave them a running game with Bill Ring. Um, but one of the things I have always said is that the Rams also have a tradition of really not helping running backs wrap up the career well. They did yeah. the same thing with Dickerson. Look how Gurley's career ended with the Rams. Yeah. And it's just, they have to, you know, hopefully that's a tradition that ends and uh, Iron Kyrie will be with us for a long time. Yeah. So, so uh, back to Shula, you think it's going to be more of the same, but do you think the Rams are going to bring the blitz a little bit more? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, I think they're going to retain a lot of their key principles. It makes sense. Um, if you're going to go for it in 24, you want that consistency. Um, I do think uh, they're going to be a little bit more aggressive. And you know, look at the, look at it as the, um, the defense is shaping up, right? You got Monster Zero. Uh, you you got the conductor. You still got uh, ninety nine problems. You still got uh, you know Ernest Jones, who who showed a lot of talent uh, blitzing um, from that inside linebacker spot. Um, you still got Hoyt, who's going to be a great rotational player. So there's there's a lot of pass rush sizzle there, and then they're going to add a couple more players. So I think they're going to bring it up to a level where it's definitely going to be noticeable. And that they can be more aggressive early, early downs, key situations. They're, I don't think they're ever going to be like a super blitz heavy deep um, because of just the nature of what their coverage is and everything else. Also, the secondary, is, I don't think, is at an elite level. Um, but I think within the context of their scheme, I think they can definitely dial it up to 11 if they need to. Good stuff. Yeah, we'll have to um... – in the coming weeks, we'll get into the draft and free agency a little bit more. Figure out how the Rams might round up this round out this roster and make their Super Bowl run. Um, hey, let's talk about the Super Bowl. Hopefully, Ian will be joining us. I wanted to get his thoughts on the Super Bowl. I haven't gotten a traffic update from him, but he's fighting through the, that freeway traffic. Um, what are your thoughts on the Super Bowl? You got any predictions you want to share? Who you pulling for? So yeah, so um, a couple things. So the as the resident uh, Rams up, uh, I guess you want to call me the. I think I'm the uh, person in charge of nicknames, right? That's right. That's my unofficial assignment. Um, so the Mahomes nickname. So it can't be Magic Mahomes because ma there's only one Magic, right? It can't be. But playoff Patrick, I actually like. Because they were bouncing off some nicknames for Mahomes. I do like Playoff Patrick. I think that's the right one. Magic's reserved for 32 will always be for 32. But uh, I think it should be Playoff Patrick. I just I just love I love Mahomes. I just think he's a great quarterback. He's a great person. Everything he does, and all his interviews, he always says the right thing. He's always team-centered. 
He's always grounded. Um, you know, I think Kelsey's uh, rise is just a combination of the two. That, you know, they really helped each other's careers. Um, and uh, so to ascend to that next level, I think uh, shout out to Andy Reid. What a great job he has done with that uh, franchise. And being able to evolve as a coach, you know, and if you, you know, if anybody out there, Ram Nation, you have time, there's a really nice uh, segment on Andy Reid where he talks about his evolution as a coach when he arrived at the Chiefs, largely because of Mahomes' skill set was so unique and how he had to let go of certain things and become more flexible, uh, not just in his uh, offensive scheme, but in his play calling. So something really, I think, like uh, McVay has to do a little bit with the ground game. Um, but it's really something to watch. You know, I really respect Andy Reid as a coach, you know, since he's arrived at, not that I didn't respect him before, but I just think at, at his late age, what he was able to do and evolve to where he currently is, probably one of the top three coaches in the league without question. Oh, yeah. Um, is really impressive. I think it's a great team. A lot of people, a lot of KC fans, I've been on their uh, uh, boards and uh, rooms and uh, had a chance to really listen in and some really good stuff. Uh, they're saying this is the best defense they've had in a while. So they're really excited. And they say that not a lot, not a lot of people are talking about this defense. I have, I would have to agree. That might be something in the Super Bowl that's going to be a huge. I think it's going to be a huge difference maker. I think the KC defense is going to step it up. Yeah, I think when you look at the team stats, it, there there's uh, a lot of areas they don't necessarily stand out in. But when I watch them, uh, they seem to get it done. And I, I look at a few things here. Number one, I'm still not sold on Brock Purdy. I think he can make mistakes. And if he makes mistakes in this game, it's going to cost him. Patrick Mahomes, I saw a stat the other day that it was something to the effect of over his last 115 dropbacks, he has not thrown one, uh, I think it's a turnover-worthy pass that was uh, either intercepted or could have been intercepted. I don't think he's been sacked. I think that's right. He yeah. has just been playing at another level and doing whatever it takes, doing different things, things that he hasn't done necessarily in the past uh, to help this team win. And... You know, if, if you look at the key things in, in any football game, some of the key things, uh, who's got the better coach? Uh, hey, shout out to Kyle Shanahan. He's an Ooh, offensive genius, yeah. but I'll take Andy Reid any day of the week. Uh, who's got the better quarterback? Not even a contest there. And, you know, we don't have a home field advantage in this game. So it's uh, it's two two strikes Two in favor of the Chiefs, zero in favor of the 49ers. Some of the 49ers have a lot going for them. Their their running game, I think, is going to be uh, going to be a heavy load for the Chiefs' defense to handle. Christian McCaffrey and that running game, but uh, if they can slow down McCaffrey and the 49ers thrive on the takeaways, I mean, I think they led the league in takeaways this year. Um, if Mahomes doesn't turn the ball over. That's going to make it that much tougher for the 49ers to pull out a win here. So uh, yeah. obviously I want the Chiefs to win. I normally wouldn't care whether if it was the Chiefs and the Giants or the Chiefs versus almost any other NFC team. I really wouldn't care that much. But 
Uh, I just love uh, the idea of the 49ers losing a Super Bowl. <laughs> and that's how I feel about that. <laughs> you know what? You know what? It's interesting. I, you know, when people do their analyses of the Super Bowl and everything else, I, I always crack when I watch it up, uh, watch it on TV. I always crack up. They bring up all these different variables, you know, and I hate you have great players for a reason. You know, it's for championship games. You put the ball in the hands of your best players and you say, listen, I gave it to my best players, right? And let's leave it at that. The outcome is what the outcome is going to be. If your best right. players can't win it for you, then listen, it is what it is, you know. And there was a a, a great story. One of the, one of these NBA players was talking about that. Uh, I forgot what had happened. Uh, it was um, it was early on in the Celtics run when you know the great Celtics teams when they burned everybody and they the one of the, the coach called the play. And uh, Dennis Johnson was supposed to throw the uh, inbounds into Danny Ainge, right? And Larry Bird was quiet. They're walking out of out of the huddle. They're getting ready to go, right? And Bird goes over to uh, Dennis Johnson. He's like, "Listen, just throw me the ball, right? Right? I'll be right." And Dennis Johnson's like, "But Coach said he, he's like, just throw me the ball, right?" He inbounds the ball to it's Bird. Bird hits the sick fadeaway, drains it, right? And age is like, you know, he's like, I knew it was going to go to Bird. I'm like, there's no way you're going to take the ball out of his hands, right? Yeah, but- I, I've I've seen a, a couple of Instagram reels about Larry Bird recently, and there's one circulating where Byron, I think it was Byron Scott on the Lakers, said that Larry Bird came over and told him what he was going to do. There was like three six seconds left, and he says, "This is what's going to happen, Byron." <laughs> and Byron Scott's like, "Yeah, yeah, okay, right, okay, thanks a lot, buddy." And, and, and Mark, you exactly. Mark, I know you can appreciate this. Tell me, you and I are both Laker fans. Um, how awesome was it back in the day when we used to watch? People don't appreciate it now, but go back and watch this: Cooper and Bird. Yeah. Right when Michael Cooper used to go up against Bird, that was a thing of beauty. And then as Worthy got better defensively, then they would do a little bit of it was Bird uh, against Cooper and Worthy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, those battles were just amazing. Yeah, I wish my son, who really knows the game of basketball a lot better than I do, 10 times better than I do, was around for some of those games. And I want to say 1982, 1983, there was a championship series between those teams. Uh, Kurt Rambis, Mitch Kupchak. Yeah. Uh, Kevin McHale. Uh, there was uh, one game where I think about 30 seconds in, there was a there was a brawl on the sideline over the benches, and it it was just crazy and intense. The most intense basketball I have ever watched. That Celtics Lakers series, whatever year that was. Uh, but man, that was good they stuff. Do- they dominated that decade. It, it was either the Lakers or the Celtics taking home the trophy. Literally every year, it was incredible. And they and they really pushed each other to new to to, to new heights. Right? Yeah. That, that Showtime with Riley. Oh, one of my favorites of all time. And when Riley came to New York, I was probably as happy as any Nick fan was. Right? Because yeah. I just loved Riley. Right? But. Um, you know, and as a Rams podcast, we have to find a way to segue to the Lakers, right? But uh, but it just goes to show about that. You know, we talk about that that championship mindset. You talk about that brawl, right, uh, with the Lakers, and that was huge, yeah. Right? Because that's how 
the West and the East were contrasted, right? That they always said the West was soft, right? The East right. was like rock and sock and robots, and the West could not stand up. And you cited that one year when the when the Lakers just loaded up. They brought in cup cup barely walk. Right, they were like, right. listen, use all your fouls on Mikhail, right? right? Hammer him. But people also forget who else did they bring in? Michael Thompson. Remember Michael Thompson? Yeah. Are you Dodger fans? That's Thompson's dad, right? Michael Thompson, they brought him in, and the dude was for his defense, right? He came in off the bench. Great defense um, for the Lakers in in the middle, uh, guarding uh, the um, Boston big men. But little things like that, that mindset, that physicality, what we saw from Puka this year, right? Really reminding the Rams that this is who we are. Iron Kyron, that sledgehammer ground game, man. From this running back that's like what barely 205 pounds, right? Just just knocking people over and not giving up. And just that mindset just seeping into the Rams again and being their primary focus. Yeah, th- this team, uh, watching yeah. them this year, and I, and I think uh, a couple of players and writers have commented on this. You watch that team play, and you can tell they just love playing with each other, playing for each other just having so much fun out there and it's a fun team to watch. And you watch Puka at the, I don't know if you saw any of the uh, film of him at the pro bowl playing flag football. Yeah. Uh, He looked like one of those intense eighth graders uh, giggling across the field, having so much fun, so much personality. And I think that's a reflection of the entire Rams roster at this point. Just, uh, yeah. And and shout out to the Rams. And I mean, obviously shout out to both, uh, the Chiefs and the Niners for making it to the big dance. Uh, you know, we were talking about the Chiefs. You look at their defense, look at the way they built through the draft. A lot of young players. Uh, love the kid Bolton. You know, love all these guys that they brought in. They you know took their time. McDuffie, right? And they built through the draft, built a quality D. Uh, Niners have always been good at doing that, bringing in the young players. Uh, we know Warner's an, an ex BYU guy. He he shouted out Puka too. It was uh, Puka's first year in the league. Shared a nice story about Puka early on in the season. Um, but and isn't Pacheco a seventh round pick, if I'm not mistaken, from Rutgers? Right. I knew it. I knew it. Scarlet Knights. <laughs> yeah. Look at the attitude Pacheco brings to the ground game. Right. That sledgehammer mentality. And the reason I'm bringing that up is like, look. Um, the team that's going to win the Super Bowl is the team that establishes their identity first and consistently through that game. They don't try to get too fancy. They don't try to deviate from the game plan. Listen, this is who we are. This is what got us here. That mindset of we are going to impose our will and we're going to take this trophy home. This is ours. That's how you win in the Super Bowl, right? And I I continue to say that. Watch the 2001 Rams Super Bowl that they gave away. If Marshall Falk touches the ball like in ridiculous numbers they walk away with that super bowl right and also if the refs had called i mean they were just mugging the rams wide receivers but if the rams had given that ball to marshall falk from the first play of the game right and just rode that super bowl uh horse they would have walked away with it yeah so uh in a nutshell then you're picking the chiefs yeah, I think the, I think I think Andy Reid's smart enough to know um, he's going to put the ball. He's going to stick to what he's done all year. Um, I think they're going to play a physical game. I think uh, playoff Patrick's going to get it done. He's going to uh, minimize the mistakes, uh, make enough big plays. Um, I think it's going to be 
I think it's going to be close until the third quarter. And I think, I think KC plays uh, a fantastic fourth quarter and, and walked away. I think they, they win by, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go 24. It could be more than seven. I think it's going to be, it's going to be a weird number. I think it's going to be like 24, I don't know, 16, something like that. Yeah, I saw another stat that Patrick Mahomes, I don't know over what period of time, has uh, lost by more than one score, I think three times. I think it's over, it might even be over his whole career. Just an insane number. And I think Purdy will make a couple of mistakes and a couple of notes. I started to do my research for my preview on the game. Uh, I believe the last three times these teams have played, the Chiefs have put up I think it's 109 points or something. It's north of 100 points. So, yeah. And in the in that last Super Bowl they played, uh, it was a 21 to nothing fourth quarter in favor of the Chiefs. And then in 2022, uh, I think the 49ers got out to a 10 nothing lead, and the Chiefs ended up winning like 38 to 20 or something like that. So, I think, uh, the, I think the Niner fans are going to be have the microscope really on their coach too. I think some of the Niner yeah. fans are like, listen, you know, you can't have a bad fourth quarter again. Right. I think that's yeah. an interesting point. Somebody brought up, you know, he can't have another bad fourth quarter in the, you know, in a big uh, moment. So I think that's going to be an interesting sort of subheading to whatever is the outcome. Obviously if they win, it's a moot point, but I think that's going to be, an interesting storyline. Yeah, there, there's a lot of pressure on Kyle Shanahan in this game because, uh, you know, they've had teams which they should have won the Super Bowl with in the past a couple of times. And this roster, this team is as good a team as he's ever had. I agree. And and yep. there's no, there's, you know, no holes on this, on this team. And, you know, who else is going to be under a lot of pressure perhaps is uh, their kicker, Jake Moody. Because he has third round pick and, you know, they had the luxury of being able to use a third round pick because, hey, we we're our roster is so stocked. Let's go out and get ourselves a kicker. And he has he's been mediocre at best. And, you know, I would not want to be a 49er fan watching Jake Moody lining up for a 49 yard field goal in the fourth quarter to win the Super Bowl. I wouldn't I wouldn't feel much better. Uh, than if I had Luke Haversick out there uh, in a field goal for me, uh, I would be very, very nervous about that. But so uh, obviously, I'm, I'm, uh, you can t- uh, guilty as charged. I want the 49ers to lose very badly. Uh, but but shout out, to Lynch, shout out to Lynch, man. The guy, the guy does a nice job of putting a roster together. You got to give the guy credit. He's smart. Yeah. He's savvy. Former player. He knows what he's doing. And um, you know, in a way, I feel I feel terrible for uh, for Purdy, man. He, he's catching a lot of hate. He's like, dude, I'm in the Super Bowl. I'm still catching eight. So yeah. I feel terrible for the guy. You know, it's a great story, though. Mr. So supposedly Mr. Irrelevant has become very relevant. So you can't yeah, get another storyline. And I think Joe Montana came to his defense and said, you know, all I did was get the ball to guys like Jerry Rice. Uh, that's all I did, and that's what Brock Purdy's doing. So yeah, give him credit for that. I just don't know if he's, you know, if he's going to be able to. If, if I just think he's going to make a mistake or two. Uh, he's been making mistakes. Sometimes he gets with that Green Bay game that could have been a game changer. Threw it right uh, yeah. at the def- the uh, 
it could have been a pick six so easily. Uh, and then the Lions game, they were very fortunate to get out of that with a win. Uh, Lions kind of handed it to them. So, hey, but maybe that means they're, you know, it's their year because these things are going their way. I certainly hope not. You know what they got to do? They got to get uh, Purdy and say, listen, we want you to watch Nick Foles that year. Just watch his, we want you to watch his games. Listen, and the yeah. guy fell off, the, you know, fell off the map after that. They're just like, listen, you just have to be great for one game play out yeah. of your mind. Right. Go in there with confidence, have that confidence, know that you're surrounded by talent, right? Play together, keep everybody on, you know, on page in sync and play, have the time of your life, play a great game, play with confidence and everything else will fall in line. Right. Trust yeah. that you have a great defense. Um, what's your prediction for the Super Bowl? Well, I'm going to, I'm picking with my heart here. Um, if I thought if I picked with my brain, I'd probably the 49ers, I think, definitely have an edge here in a lot of ways. But I kind of feel the same way as you. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, uh, they're the difference. I think it might be a high scoring game, though. Oh, wow. um, okay. yeah. I mean, I mean, similar to what you picked, you know, something like 30 to 20. Um, but hey, who knows? It's just guesswork. Uh, if if the 49ers keep the ball on the ground, which they very well could. Yeah. Uh, if they're smart, could, they'll do that. Yeah, yeah. It'll it'll shorten the game, lower the score. Um, but hey, you know the 49ers, I don't think are going to put their best case scenario. Let's say they open up a ten point lead uh, in the third quarter. It ain't over with Patrick Mahomes over there and Andy Reid, and and that's I think it's going to be a fun Super Bowl. Regardless, it's going to be competitive. Uh, exciting, a lot of really dynamic players on both sides, on both teams. So a really, two very good, creative coaches. What more could you ask for? What I really want to see, I still feel like we were deprived a few years back. The Patriots ruined it. I, I wanted to see the Rams and Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I wanted that so oh. badly. Uh, remember, that was the year the Rams and Chiefs played in the regular season the greatest regular season in the history of the regular season game in the history of the NFL at the Coliseum. Remember that 55 to 51 yeah. or something like that. And then uh, the Rams rolled to the Super Bowl and the Patriots upset the chiefs. And that was the end of that story. And we got, you know what? we got, we got probably the worst Super Bowl ever <laughs> uh, 13 to three. So, you know, yeah, that, that was shameful. Actually, that's like embarrassing. It really was. Um, yeah. But What's what's great about this Super Bowl? Because I just checked the injury report this morning, not not too many major injuries, right? Or they, you know, injuries always get downplayed until like an hour before the game. Yeah, right. Uh, but um, that's a good thing, I think. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I saw like five on the Niners, which were like uh, legitimate, it looks like, and then three for the Chiefs. So both teams, hey, listen, huge, right? Being um, healthy is a major part of making a Super Bowl run. Being largely right. healthy, right? For absolutely, doesn't matter what fan you are, what team, what sport. That is a big, big deal. Yeah. So you know what's great is that you get to see both teams play with you know all their weapons. Um, obviously, there were injuries during the season that things like that have happened. We know that, but coming into this, they're playing with the you know the chess pieces that got them mm -hmm. through the playoffs, and I think that's a huge, huge yeah. bonus for fans. It's going to be fun. So, hey, let's uh, – Ian must not have made it. That's fine. Yeah, you're dealing with that traffic in downtown L.A. somewhere. Um, let's call it a, an episode, though, and let's get together. I'll reach out to you. We'll, we'll get a mock draft going. 
as well as around. Yeah, as long as well as our regular roundtable. Let's do both. Um, this is the time of year where we have that that extra time on our hands to cover the fun stuff, drafts and free agency. So if you're up to it, let's get it done. Absolutely. And listen, Ram Nation, right after the Super Bowl, there will be no drop off. Mark will be churning out quality content, not to worry, get you through the off season. Um, and look forward to the draft segment, you, uh, Ram Nation. You'll have a lot of fun. We'll, we'll go over a lot of different uh, draft strategies for the Rams, key players, and we're going to make a special emphasis after Puka's taught us a valuable lesson. Those sleeper picks, don't yeah. sleep on them. Yeah, don't let's sleep mo- on those sleeper picks. Let's mock the fifth round. Just We'll just do the fifth round. How about that? Round five <laughs> only. How fantastic would that be, right? <laughs> Okay, Paul. Hey, thanks a lot. I know it's late out there, so I'm going to let you go. Uh, We'll do this again real soon. All right. Double barrel ram horns. Okay. Thanks a lot, man. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there.